episode 861. The Green Bay Packers aren't just contemplating life without Aaron Rodgers, they're living it. To discuss what's next, we talked to Tim Kinsey of the Technical Fowl Podcast. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're discussing the game against the Minnesota Vikings, and more so than that, the loss of Aaron Rodgers to a broken collarbone. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone... Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're talking to Tim Kinsey of the Technical Fowl Podcast. Tim, how are you doing this morning? I'm pretty good. How are you? Very good. We're glad to have you on the show, and you're the next in the line of uh, our guests from the Technical Fowl Podcast, your co-host there, Camille Davis, Eric Johnson, we've already had on. Uh, Tim, we're happy to have you on, and can you just start off the show by telling us a little bit more about Technical Fowl? Sure. Um, Technical Fowl is, we, we consider ourselves the sports podcast you never knew you needed. Um, we hit all the sports topics, from pretty much all the hot topics in sports. We all know anywhere from NBA, NFL, MLB, soccer, all the way to the WWE. It is sports entertainment <laughs> for some who don't like it, <laughs> but it is. Uh, it, 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 we're we're pretty um, we're pretty different, but there's a lot of color commentary, so to speak. But um, we it's four of us that we're spearheaded by uh, Camille Davis. Uh, who was on the show two weeks ago, um, or last week, and you know it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty good it's a pretty good show. I believe that we have a really good product, um, and just check it out. Yeah, uh, we'll send our listeners there. You guys are doing a good job. Keep it up. We got a lot to get to on our interview here, Tim, uh, because of what happened yesterday. Uh, j- just starting with the game itself, did you think the Packers had any chance to win once Rodgers left the game? You know, not even knowing he would be out for the entirety of the game or beyond that. Honestly, I did. Um, when Rodgers went down, uh, of course. The- there's a collective holding of breath, and you'd be like, okay, well, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe maybe he'll come back and things like that. But um, I do have faith in Hundley. So when he went down, I was like, okay, well, Hundley's been in our system for about like three years. I, I'm pretty sure that he can be, at least keep us afloat or keep us within the game or keep us um, competitive. And so I, I really did. I believe the game changer was when uh, Montgomery – drop that touchdown that would tie us at 14. But, I mean, eventually, yes, I, I did. I did feel like we had a shot. But, I mean, we, we already know how that turned out. <laughs> I felt the same way. I, I thought he could at least keep him in the game at that point. Um, do you think, Tim, that there's any chance Aaron Rodgers returns before the end of the season, that we could still see him play at some point, whether it's the end of the season, the playoffs, anything this current season? 
It's possible. Um, the recovery time for a broken collarbone typically is about six to eight weeks. So it could be like 2013 all over again. He comes back if we need him to. Comes back week 16 of our se- of our schedule. Plays the last game of the season. Uh, kind of getting a feel if if he's healthy or not. Um, we do still have a bye week, so that's going to extend his recovery time as far as his ability to come back and play with us. So, um, yeah, I think it, I think it's highly possible. Do I recommend it? Probably not. <laughs> not in the regular season. If we if we come back for the postseason, if we get that far, if we're close enough, sure. If we're not even in a playoff hunt, I do not see any reason to bring him back at all. Yeah, nothing definitive has been said about Aaron Rodgers at this point. Still kind of waiting for that. Um, Tim, Tim, did you think the hit on Aaron Rodgers by Anthony Barr of the Minnesota Vikings was dirty? Should he have been flagged? Should he have been fined? Any or all of the above? I won't call it dirty. The only reason why I won't call it dirty is because I think I consider a dirty hit or a dirty play is like malicious intent. Like I'm gonna like if if it was dirty for him, I, it, it would have been like, oh, I'm, finna, I'm I'm intending to hurt him. I'm intending to like you know, take the man out, things like that. I don't believe it was a dirty hit. A lot of guys, specifically on the defense, when they see a free run at the quarterback, they still want to put a helmet or shoulder pad on him or things like that. Do I believe they should have been flagged? Yes. It was a, it was a late hit. It, it truly was late. You get like two steps, but the ball was already gone. He should have pushed him if he wanted to touch him. Um, if he wanted to put any kind of hands on him, sniff him or whatever, he could have ran back. But instead, you know, if he, he took a little shot, um, it should have been flagged. He probably will get fined. The NFL might look at it as uh, a late hit or from the quarterback. So, um, I believe he should get fined and flagged. But I do not believe it was a malicious intent. I don't think he believed. Hey, once I hit him, he's going to be out for the game. You know, messing up his career. Yeah, that, there is a still photo out there taken by a photographer that showed just how long Aaron Rodgers got rid of the football before Barr hit him. It it is kind of striking when you see that photo and see you know that that he actually did hit him after that. Um, Tim, uh, what's your level of confidence that Brett Hundley can keep this team afloat while Rodgers is gone? Like I said earlier, I believe that he'd be able to, you know, keep us competitive. Um, he's been under this offense uh, and this coaching staff for three years now. And, you know, he's looked pretty decent in the preseason, but he hasn't had really any regular season snaps like that. He hasn't really had a chance to work out with the first team. Um, so I believe a week of practice will help him, you know, get acclimated with what we got going on and things like that. Uh, but I do believe that Hundley can keep us, end games and he won't put us in positions to where, you know, um, like this weekend, for example, this past game, the two interceptions he had, one of them was deflected and the other one was just an amazing play by Harrison Smith. Typically he's pretty safe with the ball and he can scramble. So I think that he'll be able to keep us in a, a lot of the games and not necessarily take us out of. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, we're talking to Tim Kinsey of the Technical Foul Podcast here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Uh, Tim, I, I've seen and heard a lot of speculation about two guys, Colin Kaepernick and Tony Romo. Would you advocate for either guys, uh, or anyone else for that matter, for the Packers to go out and go get? No. 
the reason why I say no, <clears throat> I, I get the hype around Kaepernick. I really do. Um, I also understand Tony Romo. A lot of people have been here, uh, been watching the games and hearing his commentary in the box, and they're like, "Oh man, Tony can still probably like you know his mind is still there. You know he still he has a great football <laughs> mind. He's from Wisconsin. He's from Burlington." You know, bringing him back would be like another telltale story. Kaepernick, born in Milwaukee, bring him back to Wisconsin. He's a great story. Things like that. Um, no, I'm, I'm, and everybody knows, especially Packer fans. Green Bay really don't like to spend money on free agents anyway. <laughs> this year has been a bit of an anomaly, but they're not going to go out and spend a couple million on Kaepernick or a couple million on Romo to bring them back to uh, keep our season afloat like that. Uh, especially with all the injuries that we have going on. It doesn't make sense. It, it literally doesn't. It's not logical at all. And uh, Tony has been their guy. They've been grooming him. They've been setting him up for success, so to speak. So it would be a real slap in the face for them to keep grooming this guy and then turn around and be like, well, I know we've had you in our system for a while now, but we're going to go and sign this guy off the street who don't know anything about our system and put him in front of you. That's a, that's a true slap in the face, and I don't believe that they'll do it. I think they're going to roll with Hunt. Yeah, uh, well said. And I'll have more on that. I'll have my own commentary on that topic later in the show. Um, Tim, is the most likely scenario then that they just promote Joe Callahan from the practice squad to be the new backup quarterback? I believe so, because um, Callahan wasn't bad either. <laughs> but this is all preseason. But... Um, Callahan, he's also been in our system for about two years now. And so another person who's familiar with what we have going on, who's familiar with the coaching staff and the receivers. Um, so you want to keep that continuity on the team, especially when you're getting hit by injuries. You don't want to just keep bringing in new bodies. So I believe they'll promote Joe Callahan, and if they need to, um, they'll sign somebody else to the practice squad to be that, uh, that, that quarterback for him down there. Um, until Rodgers comes back, if he can. Like I said, it also depends on where we're at in the season. If we don't have a winning record or we don't look like we're about to go to the playoffs at all, then, yeah, it's going to be Call the Callahan-Hunley show for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tim, in addition to Aaron Rodgers, three-fifths of the Packers' starting offensive line also dropped out of the game with injuries. Is any quarterback going to be able to have success with so many issues happening on the line in front of them going forward? It's funny because I was I was watching the game. Um, and I was talking to my wife about it, and at one point there was only Lindsay and uh, Evan were the only two starting linemen, and I'm like, dude, it's, it's literally if, if you're a quarterback, you're playing Russian roulette every play. <laughs> and you don't know if they're gonna block or you gonna let them through. You don't know if they're gonna protect you or if you gonna you have to run for your life. But Tony was getting hit a lot this game, and it's really hard for any quarterback, whether you're uh, and Rodgers. You, you kind of realize how much Rodgers does with the offensive line that we've had so far because we haven't had a full healthy offensive line the entire season. So it's like you you realize. I guess you would need a Aaron Rodgers. To be uh, to be safe behind this offensive line, you would need another player of his caliber. But again, like I said, Huntley knows the system, and the offensive line is guys is going to have to step up. But no, I don't think just plug and playing anybody or behind that line will be like, oh, okay, yeah, um, well, you don't have a line, so I need you to make some miracle happen. 
no, it, it's going to be rough for anybody under center with the offensive line that we have with the injury. So it's, I really think that a healthier offensive line would do anybody justice moving forward. Absolutely. Um, if from a Packers perspective, we talked about a lot of negative things here so far. Um, if there was a positive to come out of this game, Tim, I, I thought that a couple of second-year players like Kenny Clark and Blake Martinez played really well. It, is that any consolation to you or the Packers at this point, knowing Aaron Rodgers is out? Um, to see the the younger players kind of step up was a, a good thing because I, I like watching to see maybe, okay, well, so-and-so went down. Who's stepping up next? It was just it was kind of disheartening, though. Like you said, we did talk about a lot of negative, um, and there was a positive. Like you said, Blake Martinez stepping up, but then he got hurt. So <laughs> it's like, okay, for each step forward that we're taking, we're taking a step back. We had Pipkins, he made a pretty decent play, then he got hurt. And then we had Bryce make a pretty decent play, then he got hurt. So it's great to see them step up. We just need them to stay up, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, yeah, it's, it's it's great to see the younger players, though, because then you start your mind start going like, okay, if he's playing well, wait till this start to come back to pair with him, then we'll be good to go. You know what I mean? So it's like, to the future, you're excited about it. We just need to stay up. Uh, Tim, I, I'm putting you on the spot here, but if if you just had to make a prediction for the rest of the season, like what what do you think the Packers' record will be at the end of the regular season? Can can you see them making the playoffs? Um, it truly depends on our schedule, uh, like our our strength of schedule. Uh, as of right now, we're what, like four and two, I believe. Correct. So, um. We're already a little bit of a, ahead of the curve. I don't believe we'll lose the next ten games. <laughs> so, um, I would—I'll say we can. Without Rogers, we'll probably be five hundred. Fair I'll enough. Say we're eight. And, we'll go eight and eight for the rest of the season because I, I don't believe that we'll be in a position to where we'll be in games where we're like, okay, we have absolutely no shot. Mm-hmm. But it's not like we have. A soft schedule because, like, we still have to play uh, the Lions twice, and we got the Saints next week, and they put up points like no other. <laughs> so it really comes down to our defense. Honestly, our, our offense is, is yeah, we lost Rodgers and we lost the offensive line, but if we don't have anybody to cover anybody, uh, our secondary we can destroy again. But that's due to injury as well. We had players hurt left and right. We was already missing three. And then we had like four more, three more get hurt during the game. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> um, uh, before we let you go, Tim, I, I saw the. I believe, and you can you can tell me the details here. That the technical foul podcast is going to be part of the Milwaukee Podcast Festival. Do you have any details about that? Like what when it happens or where it is? Uh yeah. So we will be performing live at the Wilson Theater. Um, <clears throat> here in Milwaukee. It's going to be October 28th. Uh, it starts around 3 p.m. on Saturday. Um, but we are joining six other local podcasts headlined by the brilliant idiots who um, who co-hosts are Charlemagne, the guy from The Breakfast Club, and Andrew Schultz. But yeah, we are performing um, our first live show 
and I believe it's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 going to be fun. It, uh, the the Monkey Podcast Festival is the first of its kind here in Milwaukee, so we've never done anything like that. There's a lot of podcasts in Wisconsin, and so the hope is this can boom uh, a, a annual become an annual thing here in Wisconsin, and maybe you know it can get a little bit bigger. But uh, we're honored to be on the first show, um, and we're excited because we we believe we're going to put on a great show. I mean, like I said, we're a sports podcast. So a lot of people might be like, ah. I'm a sports podcast going to do it with like other talk podcasts or, you know, comedy <laughs> podcasts or lifestyle podcasts. Like the Milwaukee Business Journal will be there. Um, then there's the Evolving Chair, who is more like a, a a therapist, so to speak. So, and then you have other podcasts there. And we feel like we can just set ourselves apart due to our personalities and the way we talk about sports. I, I thought it was really cool when I saw that you guys were doing that. Uh, so good luck with that. Uh, I think it's really interesting. Uh, I encourage our listeners to go check that out if they want to go to the inaugural Milwaukee Podcast Fest. And, Tim, thanks so much for talking to us this morning. Greatly appreciate it. Keep up the good work, okay? No problem. You guys have a good one. Thank you. Take care. Tim Kinsey of the Technical Fowl Podcast joining us here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it, uh, the Chips Report are, are taking a back seat this week to Aaron Rodgers' talk. I, I'll get to them, but I think people are wondering more right now about the quarterback situation. A- and we'll start with the injury itself, which is a broken right collarbone to Rodgers. A- and you may be saying to yourself, well, this already happened to the Packers in 2013, and Rodgers was out seven weeks then. The difference here is that was on Rodgers' left side, his non-throwing arm. Uh, It's possible the break is displaced. I I doubt it, but I I just haven't seen anyone go into that level of detail on the injury yet. If it's been reported, I missed it. Still, when the Packers announced mid-game that it was a potentially season-ending injury, that means it would be pretty unlikely if it wasn't. So basically, here's where we get into the options from outside the organization. And like we talked about with Tim Kinsey, there's there's two names on the tips of everyone's tongues, and that's Tony Romo and Colin Kaepernick. And here's why it's unlikely the Packers go after either of them. As bad or as poorly as Brad Hundley looked on Sunday, The Packers traded up to get him, for one, and they are into year number three of his development, too. Um, They've invested a ton into Brett Hundley. And you have to understand that the Packers can get something from Hundley, either via trade or if not that, a compensatory draft pick when he leaves the when he leaves via free agency, but but probably a trade. Um, uh, the, so so the Packers are going to see what they've got, and and what he's got. Um, 
so to the fans out there, don't judge Brett Hundley's entire career moving forward by what he did on Sunday, which admittedly wasn't good. He's going to get better when he simply has an entire week of preparation under his belt and the Packers can build a game plan around him suited to his personal strengths and weaknesses, suited to what they know will be the offensive line at least starting around him, by everyone around him, to the opponent. And I will say this, however, (laughs) if the situation remains as dire on the offensive line around him, it's going to be difficult for him to be successful. But there is hope the Packers should be in better shape at least after the bye week. Um, and that comes in just two. They they only need to get through one more game before they get a bye and get basically 14 days between games. So we'll table that discussion until then at least, uh, as uh, unfortunate as that may be. Um, so uh, get, getting back to, you know, Tony Romo and Colin Kaepernick, even if the Packers were to sign either of them, how long would it take for them to get comfortable in the Packers system, uh, of which neither of them have been a part of, you know, at least a similar, I, I mean, maybe similar, but I, I mean, to an extent, all NFL offenses are similar in, in some regards, uh, but they've never been uh, under a Mike McCarthy himself or their coaching tree. Um, and, 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 you know, the, the answer is weeks and, and we're talking like a month to get comfortable in the system. And even then, I, I mean, it's there, there is still so much to learn in today's day and age when you haven't gotten an entire off season under your belt, when you haven't gotten an entire preseason under your belt, Hundley for all his deficiencies has that. He knows the system in and out. He can run more or less all the plays that Aaron Rodgers can. Uh, he he knows what they are, even if he can't run them as well. And, and nobody should expect Brett Hundley to be Aaron Rodgers. It, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You got to hope he is an adequate you know, starting quarterback in the NFL. I, I mean, that the best case scenario, I think we're looking at it, is a middle of the pack, you know, starting quarterback in the NFL. Wouldn't that be the best case scenario if it, at some point in the future we could say, Brett Hundley, he's the, you know, number 15 best quarterback in the entire NFL. I'm talking best case scenario. I mean, I'm not sure it gets you know, a whole lot better than that. I mean, uh, I would be surprised, if, <laughs> highly surprised if it got any more. But I mean, th- there is a worth to that. If he is a middle-of-the-pack qu- quarterback and you surround him with a really good team, you know, that can be a playoff quarterback. If if he's surrounded by a great defense, you, you know, that could be a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback. It would have to be a really great defense, but it, it's possible. So, you know, Hundley is going to get better here in these upcoming weeks here than he than he was against the Vikings. It's going to happen. 
Uh, he's not going to throw three interceptions every game. Not to say he's not going to throw. He's going to throw interceptions. Aaron Rodgers would throw the occasional uh, interception going forward. Hopefully not that many, uh, but, it, but it would happen. So don't expect that. Temper your expectations. Um, but I mean, uh, the, that's the, the, to, I, I'm digressing here, but I mean, to get back to the point, it would take so long for Aaron, for, for Colin Kaepernick or Tony Romo, even if the Packers were to go and sign him right now, <laughs> you know, that it, it would take a month for them to even to be comfortable. I mean, Brett Hundley would start for several weeks just simply because they wouldn't know the system. It would take them that long to get used to it regardless. So, uh, you know, and, and then by then, what are we, you know, f- three quarters of the way through the season? Um, and maybe you're talking a little past the halfway point. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I, I mean, is that worth it? And then as Tim Kinsey mentioned in our interview, forget the whole, you know, uh, we're we're for we're forgetting about the whole money thing. I, I mean, how many millions of dollars would it take to get either of these guys? You know, probably Tony Roma more so than Colin Kaepernick. Um, but still, I, I mean, is that is that money well spent to to you know mon- millions of dollars for these guys? You know, and, and there's so many you know questions about either of them as a player it's not like these two are Tom Brady you know Tony Romo has multiple injury issues himself Colin Kaepernick for as as good as he's played in his career you got to remember when you know the last season he played and how many games he won with the San Francisco 49ers he's not a great passer he's he's a really good runner He's an adequate passer, uh, but certainly not a good one, a great one. Um, So there's, you know, downsides to both of them. And I I can, believe me, I I still believe that Colin Kaepernick, the NFL owners are colluding against him. I, I think there's a spot for him in the NFL, if not as a starter, as a backup somewhere. You know, I just think that Green Bay isn't the place because of what they've invested into Brett Hundley. Um, and yeah, so I mean, that's that's how I feel about him there. Um, you know, just something that's that's possibly a little more remote yet would you can think you can think about this a little bit. I don't think either of these are likely as well. But it's worth it for the Packers to maybe put out a phone call for each of them, and and one's one's even better than another. Uh, trading for a quarterback, uh, and, and probably trading for a backup here. Not trade if you're looking at Colin Kaepernick or Tony Romo, you're looking for a starter. If you're looking for these guys, who I'm going to mention, uh, these are more so backup plans, and they would be Taysom Hill and Scott Tolzien each of whom who has previous experience in the Packers system. Obviously, heck, Scott Tolzien was part of the backup plan for when Aaron Rodgers last broke his collarbone uh, in 2013. Um, You know, he hasn't really panned out all that well in Indianapolis, but 
he could get by in the short term if you just needed uh, uh, to get by for a few weeks or something. Uh, but, I mean, Scott Tolzien I don't think is any better of an option than Brett Hundley. So, I mean, it would almost take another injury for you to go down that road. Taysom Hill is really intriguing. The problem is, I think uh, it's the New Orleans Saints. They have, they're in a position of power now in which they can afford to be a little bit choosy. I mean, why, when they have somebody who's under contract for the next three seasons or three seasons, you know, why are they going to go and trade them to, uh, the Green Bay Packers when, you know, he could be uh, he could be the number two quarterback in Green Bay next year if Brett Hundley were to leave. I mean, that's that's worth something and probably more than a seventh round draft choice. So, it, how, I mean, you have to decide how much would the Packers really want to give up to go out and get Taysom Hill. So once again, I, I think the most likely scenario is that they just re-sign Joe Callahan. Uh, they they don't have to like today or anything like that. The Packers can pretty much, if they want to, you know, go this whole week uh, it, it, with uh, Taysom Hill or pardon me, uh, Joe Callahan still on the practice squad, and and sometime before Sunday activate him. So they they don't have to make a decision anytime soon. You can live with two quarterbacks on the 53-man roster. They've been doing it. You've got Randall Cobb as the emergency third guy, a guy who played quarterback in college if you need it. Um, but that's uh, just throwing it out there that those are you know remote options that the Packers may consider. And a guy like Taysom Hill, it, it's worth putting a phone call out for, if nothing else. Um so finally here, to, to almost uh, an afterthought at this point, but the the Chips report, and I, I do want to give the guys who are out there, you know, the, this team is more than just Aaron Rodgers, and they do deserve to be discussed. Uh, your blue chip players from this game, the, the 23-10 Packers lost to the Minnesota Vikings, and, and kudos to them. Uh, Kenny Clark and Blake Martinez are your blue chip players for this game. And Kenny Clark above Blake Martinez. Kenny Clark was simply amazing, and particularly against the run. But uh, chipped in a little bit against the pass, uh, pushed the pocket a few times. It's just amazing that it's game after game how much Kenny Clark pushes the pocket back. He, of course, forced the big fumble that uh, Clay Matthews picked up in return. Uh, that was really nice gain and put the Packers in some good field position. I mean, that that was the play. Also had another tackle for a loss. Uh, Kenny Clark just uh, is looking like a man among boys, which is a really good thing. Wish he could get a little more juice going in the, in the pass rush department, but it's not like he provides nothing. Uh, just still need a little bit from him there. Blake Martinez, really good game. Uh, he tipped the pass that was intercepted by Demarius Randall. That was really good, but also led the team. I believe it was 11 tackles on the day, looking really good uh, in run support as he has the majority of the season and certainly helped out by Kenny Clark uh, in front of him. I think there was a there was a play in the first half where uh, Kenny Clark and Blake Martinez made the tackle on the Vikings running back for like a, a no gain or very minimal gain if there was any. 
Um, and it just, it, it like, you know, wrapped up. It was an, in a nutshell, like how well both of them played uh, that game. So they were the blue chip performers. Your red chippers, the good but not great kind of guys. Uh, given one to Jari Evans, the the solidifying force on the offensive line, the one guy who didn't dra- I shouldn't, I mean, not the only guy. Corey Lindsley was out there too. But Jari Evans, uh, you know, holding things together with uh, new guys uh, on his right side and, and had to deal with, with multiple new guys on his right side because it, it started off at one point um, uh, with with uh, Justin McRae having to play right tackle. And then when he had to shift over to left tackle, it ended up being Ulrich John at, at right tackle. So uh, Jari Evans had to communicate with two newcomers over there. And I just thought he did a really nice job. Uh, not not the most dominating performance I've ever seen from an offensive lineman, but doing a real good job picking up and passing off rushers um, in the game as well. So kudos to him. And the other, Lindsey Pipkins, uh, who I believe saw the first defensive action of his career. I believe he saw action in one game earlier this year on special team. But I think that this was the first regular season game that Lindsey Pipkins has played a defensive snap and looked good out there. I, I mean, Lindsey Pipkins, uh, he may be one of the Packers' better options in the slot uh, because I don't think he's got the deep speed, but that's all right. If you keep him in the slot, I think he's got enough sideline to sideline speed, lateral speed to to get away with with being in there because he's he's ultra aggressive for one which is good and I did see him give up a, a couple or you know maybe pass completions but he was right there making the tackle when it's dumb and it didn't give up anything deep at all uh it, it was just so nice to see his contributions out there and flying around and trying hard and and putting snaps in on special teams, covering kicks out there. Um, It it had to be tiring for him, but I think there's a spot for him going forward. And it may be, he may have uh, taken over the spot for Quentin Rollins, who also left the game injured. Um, And Rollins may not get it back because I think Lindsey Pickens is the better option in the slot there than, than Quentin Rollins. Then your cow chip performers, Brett Hundley for one. And, and yeah, I I understand if people want to give Hundley the benefit of the doubt. First game, didn't get the week of preparation, you know, practice snaps that Aaron Rodgers did, working behind uh, a makeshift offensive line. Uh, I get that, but Brett Hundley still was not good. And, and it was the inaccuracy, for one, that it, those interceptions, they they just... Some were, you know, like one was tipped that was kind of lucky a little bit, and and one was like this great play by Harrison Smith. But, I mean, it was a great play because, I mean, well, I shouldn't say because of it, but, I mean, all three of those interceptions were off the target, like not on the receiver's hands. And and that that's Brent Hundley's fault. And there was more than just the interceptions. I mean, there was other just incompletions that were, you know, just – over Jordy Nelson's head, I remember, and and things like that, and, and the accuracy not there. 
He also had a tough time several times deal, dealing with pressure, and, and understandably, the Vikings wanted to make him uncomfortable. You know, first first meaningful snap of his career, you know, in year number three. They, they were more than happy to bring the blitz and, and, and sacrifice what that meant in coverage for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, but Brett Hundley, you know, had to, in those situations, knew and he didn't do a great not to say not all the time but there were a couple times where he had to get the ball away quicker you got to know where the hot read is when the pressure's coming because you you only get two seconds to get rid of it and it's got to be out of there and he didn't get that you know right away there were there were some times he did where he did get it out of there but other times he did not um and, and the other cow chip goes to Ty Montgomery and and yeah, I mean, there were no shortage of candidates for cow chips. If you want to say Quentin Rollins was one, I, I didn't give it to him because he came out in the first half. And there was a good, the nice pass break up there by Quentin Rollins, but there were more bad plays that he made too. Uh, but went with Ty Montgomery for the official cow chip. And, and maybe part of it is due to the ribs, and, and maybe that made him a little bit hesitant. But, you know, when you're looking at him and Aaron Jones out there, you know which one is the natural running back. You know which one has played that position for years uh, and is comfortable out there, is so much more decisive than Ty Montgomery. And Aaron Aaron Jones, to my eyes, uh, deserves to be the starter and get the majority of the playing time. And that's not to say I don't think there isn't a place for Ty Montgomery, I think he can certainly be a rotational running back and even get, you know, almost as many snaps as Aaron Jones and, and the kind of guy who you can uh, flex out there and be the receiver occasionally and could even put both of them on the field at the same time if you're putting, you know, Ty Montgomery in the slot or something like that. Um, uh, he can be a good player out there, but it, he wasn't, and, and, you know, he wasn't Sunday, uh, decisiveness for one. And the biggest reason he, he dropped what, what should have been and could have been an easy touchdown. I mean, there was nobody around him. Was it the easiest catch in the world to make? It wasn't, you know, like hitting him right in the chest. He had to go out and grab it a little bit, but still, I mean, there was nobody around him. He's, he should have made it without a problem and been six points on the scoreboard there. And it was originally, you'll remember, that was the play that was reviewed and overturned. Uh, but Ty Montgomery not looking good out there. And, and, you know, dishonorable mention to Kentrell Bryce, too. Missed a couple tackles this game. Made the nice play on one of them, but, you know, too many missed tackles, Kentrell Bryce. Um, okay, moving on. The day ahead. All right. So looking ahead here into the next 24, 48 hour period before our next episode of Real Bird Central on Wednesday, what's going to happen? Yeah, there's all the talk shows and all that. Um, you know, normally I would say, um, you know, look for what the Packers are going to do with Aaron Rodgers. But the thing is with Rodgers, you know, I don't think they're forced into making a decision on him right away um, uh, unless they absolutely know positively he is done for the year because this this broken collarbone is displaced and it's going to take you know 
all of 12 weeks to to uh, get him back? And even then, do you want him to take another shot to that collarbone and have it break again? Um, so I, I'm just saying that the Packers may not know right now if there's even a chance he could return late in the season. Um, uh, do, you know, they might not want to place him on IR right away and, and just kind of wait and see, because I mean, they, they've got days to do this. I mean, Joe Callahan's in town. So, uh, even if they, they eventually promote him to the 53 man roster five days from now, he, he's still getting all the same practice time on the practice squad. So I'm just not positive. It, it, could, it certainly could happen today where they place Aaron Rodgers on injured reserve, but don't be surprised if they wait a few days there. Um, but here, here's what you can look forward to potentially, and, and I'm going to try to explain this over, over the next 48 hours here, because I don't think it's Monday because they kind of wait for all the games in the NFL to be played and there's still a Monday night football game. But I believe on Tuesday, Vince Beagle is finally eligible to be activated from the pup list. And there's a lot to know here about this. Uh, It's it's simply eligibility. Uh, The Packers have six weeks to decide whether or not Vince Beagle is ready to practice starting Tuesday. Um, and and so if they decide he's not even ready to practice this week, they could wait till next week or two weeks, three. To, this, they got six weeks to decide that, okay? So it, it's I, I think he's ready to come, but I, I can't just sit here and guarantee it. Maybe they wait another week. It, it, they, they, if... If Vince Beagle is 99%, but they're waiting for 100, they could wait that if they wanted to. Um, I, I think he's going to be activated, though, because once he is activated from the pup list, um, they have three weeks to do things. Uh, they can they can sign him to the 53-man roster, uh, or they can put him on injured reserve, ending his season. Um, th- there are options there for Vince Beagle. So, I mean, technically, he is eligible to play against the Saints if they want him to. I think what the Packers are going to do, uh, whether we find this out Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm not sure, but I think they're going to activate him from the pup list and let him practice. But being a rookie, seeing as he's he, he's new to the NFL yet, you know, I, I think they are going to take at least one, if not two or all three, and, and let him practice a while before they make the decision. I, I mean, the situation with Ahmad Brooks maybe forces their hand a little bit because I, I don't know how long he's out. He missed this game with the back injury. If it's really bad, they may want to, you know, let him rest again uh, week seven. Uh, then he gets the bye week after that. Uh, and I'm not sure how much of a, you know, impact you're looking for Vince Beagle to make in the interim. So th- there's just a lot to consider here when we're talking about Vince Beagle, but eligible to be activated from the pup list or start practicing starting Tuesday Packers don't practice Tuesday so it happens 
Wednesday, but I think they can officially make the move on Tuesday if they want to. So that's what's going on there, and we wait to see the fallout from Aaron Rodgers and all the other injuries. Lane Taylor's might look like the most serious out of all the other injuries the Packers suffered yesterday. You know, Quentin Rollins goes down. Uh, I don't think David Bakhtiari and Brian Balaga have season-ending injuries. Balaga has a concussion. It's a re-aggravation of the hamstring injury for Balaga. So I don't think they're season-ending. But it's possible Lane Taylor's is. Uh, I, I, again, don't know here. His look the most serious out of any. So maybe we find out more about him, too. Um, and, and But we just got to wait and see at this point. It, it's not... A great day to be a Packers fan. Sunday definitely wasn't. Monday's not much better. Um, But hopefully the Packers can stay afloat the rest of the season and and be in contention for a playoff spot. Um, I I think they can do that. Uh, I I mean, I do. I don't want to, like, etch that in stone. I kind of want to let things, uh, uh, I kind of want to, stew on them for a few days as I, you know, think about, you know, find out how serious these injuries are, first of all. And maybe once I get a better grip on that, I'll have a better, you know, better thoughts on, on what they might do going forward here. So we'll see. Uh, but that's going to do it folks for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you everybody so much for joining us today. Thank you to Tim Kinsey uh, of the Technical Foul Podcast for being our guest on today's show. Uh, this upcoming Wednesday, we've already got our next guest lined up as usual. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joins us as he does every Wednesday during the season. So we'll talk to him about Brett Hundley and a whole lot more going forward on Wednesday. So look forward to that. We'll see you, folks. Uh, Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's a live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you later, folks. I leave you today with a song called Bali Munster uh, by the String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See you later. Go Pack Go.